Swing drive, right center field. The Braves have won it. Nelson Cruz drives it. One pitch. Goodbye. Ball game. 10-9. Rangers win. Ryan Roberts drives it deep left field. Incredible. Three balls, two strikes. Full count. Hello, and welcome back to the Full Count Podcast. I'm Brandon. And I'm Zach. And let's talk about some baseball. So the All-Star Game is quickly approaching. Um, I think MLB is releasing their um, the lineups tonight. So uh, let's take a look at some of the best position players thus far that are probably going to go to the All-Star Game, or just some best players in general. So uh, first off, we got... Paul Goldschmidt. By far and away, he's been one of the best players in the league so far. Absolutely. He's got 26 first place votes in the National League. Uh, he's already been an NL MVP uh, finalist three times in his career. He currently leads the National League in hits, batting average, and on-base percentage. He has 87 hits, a 339 batting average, and an on-base percentage of 418. A slugging percentage of 623, and an OPS of 1,041. That's insane. That is insane. I, I've, these, those numbers are you can't even compare to anybody else. And I think Paul Goldschmidt is going to run away with ML MVP. I don't even think it's close. Um, what a year it's been for Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, Aaron Judge. Um, I mean, everybody knows that Aaron Judge. Uh, Chicks dig the long ball. Yeah. Chicks dig insane. the long ball. Aaron Judge's homers this year is just incredible. And I think I don't think he's on pace to break the home run record as a lot of people are predicting. Um, I think he'll uh, end up slowing down probably uh, in early September, maybe late August. But he still hit so many home runs, and I think he's going to continue that pace, but not break the home run record. Well, uh, it sure is easy when you're playing a little, little league park. Yeah, a little league park <laughs> with the, the short porch. But um, Aaron Judge, um, everyone's been voting for him. He already won the um, he he already won the buy for the um, for the voting, so he just automatically goes to the All Star game. Starting uh, he, in right field. Yeah, starting in right field, he got the most votes in the American League. Uh, he already has 27 first place votes for the American League. He leads the majors with 27 home runs, 6.63 slugging percentage, and 57 runs scored. What an absolute amazing year it's been for Aaron Judge. He's been Jones. a monster. He's, he's yeah, he been has a been a monster, monster. and I, I think he's going to continue that pace. You're right. I think he's really been a big part of the Yankees' uh, 60 win season so far. He is one of the biggest reasons they are where they are right now. If he slows down, they'll follow him. So let's talk a little about about Jose Ramirez. Probably one of the best third basemen, if not the best third baseman in baseball right now. Um, he has 260 at bats thus far. He's slugging 312 at the plate, 26 home runs, 59 RBIs, and a 1.075 OPS. What an amazing year from Jordan Alvarez. Probably one of the best DHs we've seen in a while. He's he's been insane. And one thing I say about Jordan Alvarez is he's getting screwed over because of Shohei Otani's fame. Everyone loves Otani, and that's why he's being voted right now for the All-Star Game. But Jordan Alvarez is having the best season at the plate. He is in almost every single statistical category. Alvarez is better than Otani. The only thing Otani is doing that Alvarez is not is pitching. I think that's for a designated hitter, that should not be the criteria. Otani's going to end up getting the all-star nod, but Jordan Alvarez is having an incredible year, and that's fantastic for the Astros. I agree. I think batting last year for Otani, just the insane year he's had uh, with uh, AL MVP last year, 
I think that this year his pitching is so much better. He's improved so much. I, I'm not exactly sure of his ERA. I think it's like a 3-2, something around that range. But uh, his DH is, uh, this year has been a lot worse. Uh, he's still hitting very well, especially for uh, a two-way player. It's something we haven't seen since probably Babe Ruth. I think um, at that level, he's just been doing an insane job. But I think for DH, the DH position only, not not counting pitching, I think Jordan Alvarez has got it. And I think Jordan Alvarez deserves it. Now, speaking of Shohei Otani, if I'm not mistaken, he comes up for contract negotiations this next year and could be a free agent. In your opinion, what kind of contract could he get from the Angels, and would it be considerable to move him? I think, obviously, the Angels are going to look to extend Shohei Otani. Do I think he's going to stay with the Angels? I'm not exactly sure. I think Shohei Otani, he can get, you can write a blank check to Shohei Otani. I mean, with his production, he's a, one of the best pitchers in the league. And, I mean, the amount of home runs he hit last year, how good at the plate he's been this year. Shohei Otani, you can basically write Shohei Otani a blank check. Now, I've heard the Mets are <laughs> want to go after Shohei Otani next year. Do I think the Mets are going to get him? Probably not. Um, I think a good trade destination for Shohei Otani I mean, it's probably going to be the Bronx Bombers. If I mean, the Yankees probably have the most to give him. Um, for prospects, probably. Um, maybe the Orioles, Detroit. But I, I, I think Shohei Otani is going to go to a big market team. Whether he stays in California, I I hope to God he doesn't go to the Dodgers. Uh, or or New, maybe, maybe, I, I think he's going to choose between California, New York, or just a large but market now, team. A player like Shohei Otani, he's already in Los Angeles. He obviously enjoys being there. Does he need a bigger market than that? Does, does he want to go to the Dodgers? Does he want to go across town? Does he want to go to New York? Or being from Japan, does he want to just stay? Does he want to stay in Los Angeles? Does he want to go to a smaller market team? Like, I don't know who else he would go to, but I, we, I don't know what he wants. And that's one thing that I think a lot of players, we don't, we don't really know where they're going to go because are they looking for the most money? Are they looking for where, where their family is? Like, where what does Shohei Otani want? And that's that's hard to answer right now. It is hard to answer. And I, I think it's just based... It's going to be based on who can give him the most money, who can give him the most years. And I think when you look at owners like Steve Cohen of the Mets or Alex Anthopoulos or owners like that who, who will be like, okay, Shohei Otani, his productivity, he can go so long into his career in baseball, probably be even better than he was last year and get a big contract that he's looking for. For those of y'all who don't know who Shohei Otani is, he's a fantastic player. He's a pitcher and also a hitter. He plays outfield and is a tremendous outfielder. He has great speed. Just two days ago, Shohei Otani is the first player since uh, the RBI became official in 1920 to do all of the following things in a single game. Ten strikeouts as a pitcher. Amazing. Two RBIs as a batter and a stolen base. That's incredible. That's this has not been done for years and years and years and years. It, Babe Ruth, who is widely known as one of the best baseball players ever, I think he was not playing as as good as a competition as Shohei Otani is. But as it right now, he's doing things that's never been done before. That's why he has an MVP to his record. However, does he? Do you think he deserves more than forty million dollars a year? Absolutely. You think he deserves it? I think Shohei Otani deserves the biggest contract in baseball history, and I, I'm 100% confident with that. And I think by the end of Shohei Otani's career, whether how long that, that is, probably maybe 20, 30, mid-2030s, 
I think Shohei will be the greatest baseball player to ever play the game. Better, better than Babe Ruth. That's a strong, that's a strong thing to say. Though, well, right? I, I think, I think what, we, need, we need to see more than two years worth of production out of him. Right now, we have Shohei Otani. We have two or three years worth of production with injury-ridden seasons at the beginning of his career. I need to see what he can do to five, six, seven years. I need to see him the situation Trout's been in, where he's had to produce every single year. Right now, the Angels are not in position to go to the playoffs. I don't see how you can call somebody the greatest player of all time when they're along another greatest player of all time and they cannot get to the playoffs. Now, I don't know if that's Angel management. I don't know if too much money is tied up in uh, big-name players. But right now, the Angels need to figure out something else to do because Otani and Trout are not going to the playoffs in the near future. I think the Angels have that big problem of wasting generational talent. I think... I don't know exactly what the Angels need to get that step up well, get, up above other teams. They need pitching, they need they, outfield play. I, I agree. Catching, like every, it seems like every position except for Otani and center field with Trout, the Angels need. Absolutely. And you, you cannot win You cannot win championships when you need that those many positions. So what do you think needs to change in the Angels clubhouse to get them above that second level? Because just this offseason, they added Noah Syndergaard. They, 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 they wanted to go after pitching. I think in last year's draft, I'm not mistaken, every single player they chose was a pitcher. They need consistent hitting, too, though. They need, from uh, from 1 through 9 in their lineup, they need better hitting. And right now, they just met, um, fired their manager, uh, Joe Madden, and... I don't know what to think about that. I think he's a great manager. He may not have worked out in L.A. that well, but Joe Madden's had a great job, and he's done a great job with other teams. So I don't know what their long-term plan is. I don't know if, if it's championship or bust in the next two years, but they need to figure out something because right now I feel bad for the fans of the L.A. Angels. I think they definitely got some good players, though. They got Taylor Ward, Anthony Rendon, who is not as good this year as he was in his past years. They got Brandon Marsh and Jared Walsh. I, yeah. They have they some good players, players they just, but they need that leverage above other teams. Well, if you look at teams like, like the Mets and the Braves, if you look from that all around, the, all around the defense, all around the offense, one through nine, they all have hitters. For example, the Braves, every single, let me see, I believe that within two RBIs, one through three hitters, four through six hitters, and seven through nine hitters, they all have within two RBIs of each other. So the, the, those spots in the lineup are all giving production. That's not the same thing for the Angels. The Angels are very top-heavy. I believe there was a game the other day where Otani went, he had like two home runs, and mm-hmm. Trout had an RBI home run. Still lost. And still lost. That can't happen. That, that's, that's, that's what we're talking about. So let's go back to some of those best position players we were talking about. Paul Goldschmidt, Aaron Judge, Jose Ramirez, Jordan Alvarez. This, is, this can come as a little bit of surprise. None of those players rank in the top 25 for uh, fielding. Uh, they don't rank in the top 25 for PO, which is putouts, FPCT, which is fielding percentage, or D-War, which is defensive wins above replacement. So, do these do those players that rank better in fielding, such as uh, Ha-Sung Kim or Dansby Swanson, do they deserve an all-star nod in front of these other players? Well, I'll tell you what this is, this is indicative of, alright? The old saying, defense wins championships. Well, timely defense wins championships in baseball. Agreed. Look at the Braves last year. They won the World Series because they had great pitching and great hitting. They had great hitting when it was it needed to happen. Eddie Rosario had some great hits. Jorge Soler had some big home runs. It's not always hitting a bunch, but hitting when you need to. I think that right now the baseball knows, and the MLB knows, all the players know, to get fans in the seats, it's all about hitting, hitting the long ball. Hit the home run. Hit doubles. Hit triples. Get on base and run. Where, and pitching is important, too, because you got to defend against that. But... 
we're getting a larger contracts to guys that hit, but for example, Anderson Simmons, the Braves had him a few years ago, who was probably the best defensive shortstop in the game. And I believe he went to the Angels and had a great mm-hmm. career with them. Yep. But when you're not a great hitter, you cannot garner the same success, the same popularity when you're just a great fielder. And Andrelton Simmons was a fantastic fielder. Extremely fast, great with the glove, great arm, but he's not going to garner the same respect as somebody like like a Dansby Swanson who's hitting a lot better than he did. Or somebody like a Trey Turner who is a great defender and is a great hitter. So let's look at Dansby Swanson, like you just said. So you have a player like Dansby Swanson. He's only behind Trey Turner in all-star votes by one percentage point and .001 fielding percentage behind uh, Yasun Kim in 84 starts. He has the most of any shortstop with 101 putouts, only behind Francisco Lindor and Trey Turner. He's batting 298th, which is 20th in the league, 14 home runs, 49 RBIs, and at 847. That's what separates good players from great players. It's those all-around stats you don't hear about much. So let's talk about those, some of those stats that kind of separate those good players from great players. All right. You have OPS, which is on base plus slugging. TB, total bases, which means how many bases a player has accumulated. Uh, XBH, which is extra base hits, anything more than a single. Uh, you have GO over AO, which is ground out flyout ratio. And that's one thing that I, w- I want to mention. I feel like we're going so much towards uh, you need to hit a home run, hit a double, or strike out. We need way m- much less strikeouts in our game today. There's so many strikeouts and so many Ks that are going up that, honestly, it's killing the game of baseball. It's making us as fans so bored because I watch the game and I see guys swinging the fences. Well, I see the shift happening, and all you have to do is put it in the right field, put it in the left field, mm-hmm. and you get a single or a double easily. Absolutely. But right now, we're going for the home run too much. And moving on, we have uh, TC, which is uh, total chances. It's the number of opportunities a player has to record an out. Uh, that's a defensive metric. Uh, we have PO, uh, the actual outs a player records. Uh, fielding percentage, that's how often a player makes a play when tasked with fielding a batted ball, or throwing a ball, or receiving a ball. And then we have an assist. It's awarded to fielders when they throw a ball to another player, so typically this accounts for double play opportunities. And across different positions as well, some of these statistics, they're not all-encompassing. For example, a shortstop's going to have a much different opportunity than a third baseman, than a first baseman, than a catcher, than a pitcher. So every position has different opportunities to get those outs. So let's look at some of the best pitchers as far this season. And I think that these players are going to get the all-star nod, personally. So let's look at Sandy Alcantara of the Marlins. Amazing pitcher this year. Honestly... Uh, he's having a Jacob deGrom type year, personally. Um, honorable mention is Tony Gonsolin of the Dodgers, who's had an amazing year thus far. But Sandy, in 17 games, he has 123.1 uh, innings pitch, 25 earned runs, 107 strikeouts, and he's only behind Corbin Burns. That's the only player he's behind. 93 record with a 1.82 ERA, only behind Gonsolin, who has 30 less innings pitched. So I think from the National League, Sandy Alcantara is going to be that guy. I agree. And honestly... Alcantara and Gonsolin have had very similar years this year. I don't account when it's less than .3 for an ERA. Mm-hmm. That's that's too close to call. That's too close to name one guy better than the other one. But seeing that Alcantara has over 30 more innings pitched than Gonsolin, that shows you just how important he's been to that team, who right now the Marlins are, are still in the playoff race. Agreed. If the Marlins get on a hot tear, they're in a really tough division. The Braves, the Mets, and the Phillies, all of them over uh, 500. If the Mets can get hot, they have a really good shot of making the playoffs mm-hmm. as a wild card team. And a big reason for that has been Sandy Alcantara. Moving on, though, to the American League, we have uh, Shane McClanahan. What can you tell me about him? 
So, um, I'm going to give an honorable mention. It's going to be Justin Verlander. Everybody knows about the great year Justin Verlander has had. But one name you've probably not heard about is Shane McClanahan. Uh, 16 games, 98.1 innings pitched, 19 earned runs, 11 of which are home runs, which is actually pretty surprising that 11 of his earned runs are home runs. Uh, 133 strikeouts, only behind Kerbin Burns as well. He has a 93 record with 12 quality starts, which means a pitcher pitches at least six innings and allows three earned runs or fewer. Compared to Verlander, Verlander has five more innings pitched, four more earned runs, and Verlander's ERA is a two compared to Shane McClanahan's 1.74. Verlander also has 35 less strikeouts than McClanahan. So I think it's clear that Snicker and Dave Roberts are going to select Sandy to pitch, and Dusty Baker and Willie Horton of the Detroit Tigers will select McClanahan. Maybe Verlander because of that experience he's had with past All-Star games or how long he's been in the league, but I personally think Shane McClanahan deserves an All-Star nod. I do too, and I think one of the reasons we have not heard about him, we know about Gonsolin, we know about uh, Alcantara, we know them, but I think that in Verlander, McClanahan, we're not hearing about him as much because he's not in a big market team. The Tampa Bay Rays have done a terrible job in, in promoting their brand and locating their stadium. It's not even a big part of that, that part of Florida right now. I think that you can see a relocation in the coming years. I think whether it be more into Tampa Bay or you can see it even leaves in that area. Just because it, they're not getting the, the fan support they need to continue to be this good. And I don't know what, how they're doing it right now. They have some fantastic scouts and some fantastic coaches. Because it feels like every year some guy comes out of nowhere and just does amazing with them. So Tropicana, let's talk about that field for a second. Tropicana Field, uh, it's in St. Petersburg, St. Petersburg, Florida, which isn't even in Tampa. I think if they played in Tampa or they played maybe somewhere else in Florida, maybe move out of Florida. Didn't they talk about um, Montreal one season and that, that uh, got denied? They, I think, move the race. I think the stadium is terrible. Trop Tropicana Field, it's nice, but I feel like it, it could be so much better. For a team like the Rays, who's been to the playoffs, what, for the past three, four years now? Went to the World Series. Went to the World Series. They, they used to have amazing pitching. They used to have an amazing squad. They still do. I think the Rays would be such a better team, would have such a better fan base if they moved to Tampa or moved out of Florida to another bigger market. And that's the thing. Like you got to think about where your fans are. Connect with your fans and where they're at. I feel like the Rays right now, they don't, first of all, they don't have the owner that's willing to spend and keep the players they need to keep. They're in a situation kind of like the Oakland A's, whereas the owner is not willing to spend the money. The difference is the Rays have done a much better job than the A's have in recent years. So let's talk a little bit more about the All-Star game. So we found out just last night, which is awesome. I'm really excited. Um, Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols are going to the All-Star game. But my only question is, pity point for age or well-deserved? Well, you have Miguel Cabrera who's 39 years old, 70 games played through this date, 78 hits, only three home runs, but he has 31 RBIs, and his batting average is a 308. OPS is a 718. That's, that's incredible. That's insane. So for a guy that's 39 years old, my goodness, to be hitting a 308, that's that's an insane batting average. And for those of y'all who don't watch baseball that much, elite batting average, anything over 290 is very, very, very good. So to be hitting a 308, that means that out of 1,000 at-bats, 308 of them are going to be hits. That's, that's insane. That's, that's almost unheard of for a guy that's 39 years old. And to be playing 70 games to this day, he's an everyday player for them, and he's hitting really well. He's a big part of the Detroit Tigers right now. No, Zach, what about Albert Pujols? What do you think about that? Well, I'll tell you what. Rob Manfred had to include two people, two legends, to include in the All-Star game. And so Miguel Cabrera is obviously the one choice, and Albert Pujols is the other choice. I feel like when you say pity points, Albert Pujols is what I think of when I think of pity points. 
in his day, he was one of the best baseball players of all time. Absolutely. So fun to watch. Great guy. Great fielder. First great ballot hitter, Hall of Famer, I believe. Easily first ballot Hall of Famer. He is 42 years old, though. He only has 45 games played to this date, 25 hits, only four home runs. That's only one more than Miguel Cabrera. He has 18 RBIs, and his batting average is a 200. A 200 batting average is abysmal. Out of yeah. 10, out of 10 at bats, he's going to have two hits. That's not good, and that's one of the reasons I think that the Cardinals have kind of slowed down without Yadier Molina. They needed to lean on Pujols a little more, and they just not have gotten that production. Mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, pity points for Albert Pujols, maybe. But I, I love the uh, the legacy selections by the Board of Commissioners. Obviously, the choices for the legend um, selections is Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols. But do you think there should be other players who deserve it more? Or do you like the legacy selections of how these players so, are earning sort of a farewell tour? So I understand the reasoning behind it. I think that the, the purpose of the All-Star game is to give fans a chance to watch their favorite players all on one field. However... At the end of every player's career, we're going to look back at the number of All-Star games they went to, at the number of uh, All-MLB selections, World Series, and right now, if we just send guys like our pool holes to the All-Star game, we're putting one more thing on their resume that they didn't deserve. And do I think Albert Pujols deserves every bit of praise he gets? Yes, he's a fantastic player, and he's one of the generational talents that we may, we may never see again. But to put him in the All-Star game over other deserving people, I don't know if that's fair. What do you think? I agree with that. I think there's a lot of other players that deserve it more, but with the whole legacy thing that the board of commissioner decided, I, I kind of like it because um, the farewell tour with Pujols, he hasn't really been having that much recognition from other teams. I think the only team that actually did something was the Boston Red Sox, correct me if I'm wrong, but... Every other thing that I've seen has always been, they've had cheers, they've had something on the, on the uh, board, the big board about how great, great player they've been. But it's not been the same farewell tour as, for example, uh, Derek Cheater, uh, Mariano Rivera. Mariano Rivera. It's it's just been different. But also, I don't think you can expect that kind of recognition from teams when you've gone, you went to the Cardinals and you did great with them. You went to the Angels and you were piss poor. You, he was not great with the Angels. Yeah. Then he came back to the Cardinals and he he's just. I felt this is more or less a pity point thing for him. He's coming back to get his goodbyes and his farewells in and, be lo- and he'll be loved by baseball fans and Cardinal fans forever. But this is this is a pity show. Let's be honest. Well, let's talk about some of those uniforms that those players are going to be wearing, including Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols. Um, what do you think about the All-Star Game jerseys? I mean, you see the white. Uh, this was a leak uh, online. I'm not exactly sure if these are exact jerseys or um, I'm probably going to be the exact jersey. It's a leak from Twitter. You never know. But if it is, what do you think about it? They're simple. And I Agreed. like simple. I, I, I love having the gold in there. And I like I think that looks really cool. But when I think of the All-Star Game, I think of players getting together, not for competition, but to have fun. This is all about players going and putting on a show for the fans. For the Home Run Derby, it's all a show for the fans. So when I see basic jerseys, all white with gold lettering, I don't get excited about that. I think back to the late 90s and the early 2000s where they had like really cool jerseys and then they're able to wear their home team's jersey. They're able to wear something that, that was just funky and crazy and showed their hometown pride while all playing together in one league. That was much more fun for me to watch, but I don't know. You may like them. What do you think? I think this is something that every sports league is doing a very bad job, job about. I mean, when you look at those NFL logos for the Super Bowl, it's so simplistic. But back in the olden days, you would have those 
there's logos that would connect the city to where, where it's hosting. Same thing with the All-Star game. You would have those players that would wear their jerseys of the team that they played for. Now, I think the one time where this was actually better than what the, the players were wearing the same jerseys was Cleveland. And I think that was 2017 where they wore the, 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 the Cleveland did such a great job of marketing the all-star game. I love those jerseys of like the guitar on it with the, the Cleveland all-star game, yeah, the national American. Fantastic. It was awesome, but I don't like the simplicity. I mean the gold and the white and the black, it's pretty cool, but where's the connection to the city of Los Angeles? Right now I can see those same jerseys being worn in, in Cleveland, in Cincinnati, in New York, in Atlanta, it could be anywhere. I want to see palm trees. I want to see Hollywood. I want to see movie clips. And I want to see. I want to see that kind of stuff that shows. Absolutely. Okay, this is in Los Angeles. This is the, the storied franchise of the Dodgers. I need to see that in the All Star uniforms, and I just don't see. I it. don't see it at all. And I, the hats as well. If you can't see the hat, if you haven't seen the hats yet. It's pretty simplistic. It just has the team's logo on it with a star in the top right corner. Oh boy, a star! Oh, that's great. I I don't like what? it. I think they could have done such a much better job of collect of connecting the city of Los Angeles to the All Star Game uh, jerseys and the hats. I just a star for All Star over the team logo. It's just terrible. There's no creativity, and I think that's something that. The NBA is doing a bad job of because you used to have those soak. I remember the 1995 jerseys. I think it was in Arizona that year, if I'm not mistaken. It was so cool. I mean, you, you still have people wearing those jerseys at fraternity parties or buying those jerseys everywhere because they were just so classic and so cool. But nowadays, you, I mean, it's just so simplistic. What happened to the creativity? What happened to connecting the city to the fans? I mean, I, I, I actually like this year. Uh, in the past year, the Nike City Connect jerseys. I love the Nike City Connect jerseys. But for the All-Star game, for just gold lettering and black um, siding, I don't like it. I think they could have done such a much better job of just connecting the culture, connecting the city to the game. You're totally right there, Brandon. I, I completely agree. They could have done a much better job. But uh, we'll move on. Though. I don't want to get too bogged down on that one. You can see we're pretty heated about that. So uh, right now, look at way too early in our Rookie of the Year predictions. What do you think about it? So I think Julio Rodriguez of the Mariners, absolutely amazing year that he's having this year. Not only do I think he can get Rookie of the Year, but I think he has a chance for AL MVP. But NL Rookie of the Year is going to be a little more contested. You have Mackenzie Gore, Nolan Gorman, O'Neill Cruz, Michael Harris, Spencer Strider, Ben Donovan. So now let's say two of those names are from what team now? Atlanta Braves. The two of those teams, two of those players from the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Braves have two of the top five Rookie of the Year candidates. Now. Do you think that one of those players will win the uh, Rookie of the Year, or do you, are you betting on somebody else? From the looks of it now, Michael Harris has a great chance. So does Spencer Strider. But personally, I think Mackenzie Gore is going to pick it up towards the end of the year. I think Michael Harris has been having an insane year so far. Spencer Strider, the amount of starts, just the, the stats that he's had this year, insane. But Mackenzie Gore, I think for productivity, he's been doing better. I think he's been playing longer than Spencer Strider and Michael Harris. Correct me if I'm wrong. When did Michael Harris get called up? I believe it was about a month and a half ago. A month and a half ago, and Spencer Strider as well. Yes. Now, I will tell you, Michael Harris, he already has five defensive runs uh, defensive run scored. Uh, defense, excuse me, defensive runs saved. So, And that's, I think, third in all of baseball. He's been mm. playing at least half the games that those other guys have. His defense and his offense combined have made him, I think, top, top two, and he's not two for Rookie of the Year candidate. The same thing with Spencer Strider. I mean, he's been going absolutely insane this year. I think his average fastball velocity is 97, 98. That's just for a rookie to come in and throw that. 
It's unreal. He, in fact, uh, our last game was not against the Cardinals. The first nine batters were sat down for the Cardinals. Every single one was by strikeout. Wow. He struck out nine batters in a row to start the game. In three innings as well. In three innings. That's almost unheard of. That's not been done in the history of the Braves franchise. That's It's insane what these guys have been able to do. Right now, I believe that Michael Harris, I think is, honestly, if I had to be real about it, he's number two because Spencer Strider has been doing something that has never been done before. Both of those guys, I think, are one and two. I think Mackenzie Gore is a close third. He's been doing a great job over there. I just, I really believe that Spencer Strider's done a great job moving from the bullpen to the starting role. He's a, he's come up and almost matched Max Freed. Max Freed is the Braves' ace by far. But Spencer Strider, when he comes up and gets on that mound, every single Braves fan knows that okay, we're about to see a show. We're about to have a great chance to win this game. In fact, he went six innings pitched yesterday. Two hits, zero earned runs. Wow. That's almost unheard of. That's For a rookie to come in and do that, especially with that beautiful mustache he has, <laughs> he's been doing a great job, and I'm looking forward to see what he can do the rest of the year. I think it hurts me to say, as a Mets fan, I think there's a 70% chance that the rookie of the year will either be Michael Harris, Spencer Strider, and Atlanta Brave. Uh, and I, I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> I feel like we, a couple of years ago we got uh, screwed out of Ronald Acuna Jr. getting rookie of the year. Uh, I was upset about that, but... I, I really, I really am happy about what we have in Atlanta, and I believe these guys can be productive for years to come. One thing I was scared about when uh, Atlanta traded for Matt Olson is they traded away Christian Pache, who was a fantastic prospect, insane center fielder, and a good hitter. But <clears throat> what he's done is Alex Thopolis. What he's done is he's traded away him, brought in Matt Olson because he knew he had Michael Harris coming in behind him. Michael Harris, in my opinion, he's done more for the Atlanta Braves in the past two months than Pache ever has. And that hurts me to say because I love Pache, but Michael Harris, an Atlanta guy who is from Atlanta, he's doing insane things at every single level he's been at. So currently it's 5.30 p.m. on Friday, July 8th. Uh, the All-Star um, is going to be announced. Uh, the All-Star lineups are going to be announced at 7 p.m. So let's talk about some of the All-Star uh, predictions that we think is going to happen. There's a lot of tight races. There was a lot of 50-50 percentages. There was a lot of uh, 30%, 20% for outfielders. Let's talk about some of that. So for National League first base, you got Paul Goldschmidt and Pete Alonso. I think being completely unbiased as a Mets fan, Paul Goldschmidt absolutely deserves this You're vote. right. You're right. By far. Pete Alonso is a fantastic player. He's absolutely. Got, he's a big part of that Mets team. League leader in RBIs, I believe. Yes, and that's the reason the Mets are right now in first place in their division. Pete Alonso is just a fantastic player. However, Paul Goldschmidt has been having a year for the ages. Perennial like, MVP. Perennial MVP. He is a great, great player, and I really feel like he's carrying the Cardinals right now. So let's talk about second base. Jazz Chisholm or Ozzy Albies? Well, I like what both these players bring to the game. When I look at Ozzy Albies on the field, I always see him smiling. I see him happy. What hurt him, though, is he's been having a subpar year at the plate compared to what he's done in the past, and he's injured right now. He won't be back until mid-August. Jazz Chisholm, what he brings to the plate is the swagger. Swagger. Talk about that for me. We talked about that a little bit about that last podcast where we didn't believe Jazz Chisholm deserved um, a spot at second base, but now with him um, going forward in the vote and Ozzie Albies, Ozzie Albies is having a pretty good year, not as good a year as he has been last year, but Jazz Chisholm, just the player that he is, the swagger, the coolness, just how he performs at the play, his defense, his hitting, he's just a great player, and I think Jazz Chisholm deserves a spot, the nod at second base. So moving on to third base, we have a 50-50 split right now, Manny Machado and Nolan Arenado. Who's your pick? I don't really think this vote matters because I don't think Machado is going to be back in time for the All-Star game. I mean, he still has that injury, so I think Arenado is going to get the nod. But personally, if Machado was 
still healthy, he would absolutely get the vote. I think the vote is so contested right now is just because of Machado's injury. And that totally makes sense. I think that Arnado right now deserves it because Machado's injured. I feel like if Machado was not injured, I'd be voting for him. I don't like him as a player. I don't like him as a person. But you cannot deny the stuff he puts out on the field. He's just a fantastic, fantastic player, defensively and offensively. So moving on to shortstop, we have a real close race. With 51% of the vote, we have Trey Turner of the Dodgers. And 49% we have sexy Dansby Swanson. Who's your pick? Personally, I'm going to go with Dansby Swanson. And I think Trey Turner is going to win the vote solely because he's a Los Angeles Dodger. And when we look, when we talked about earlier, Dansby Swanson's defensive stats. He's second for defense, defense, and he's 20th for hits. I think Dansby Swanson is that player this year. He's probably one of the best, if not the best, shortstop in the league right now. And Trey Turner... I mean, he's only going to get the vote because he's a Dodger. I agree. And I think the Braves have a great, do a great job of getting the votes in. The fan base is electric. But Trey Turner has been doing what he's doing this year for the past five years. Dansby Swanson has been doing what he's doing this year for the past month. That makes a big difference. Swanson started the year off pretty slow. He did not have a great, have a great year. He was mm-hmm. striking out a lot. I saw him whiff at many, many, many balls. Whereas... You look at somebody like Trey Turner, he just doesn't do that. He hits for high average. He hits mm-hmm. for power. He, he just Talk all, about his speed, too. Around, 99 overall speed. Like he's so <laughs> fast. You can tell we uh, play MLB The Show. But Trey Turner, he's fantastic. He's a great player. He's been doing what he's been doing for years, and that's how he has name recognition. Right now, the way the fan voting is set up, the only reason that Trey Turner and some of those big-name guys are, are have so many more votes is because, okay, everybody's heard of Trey Turner. Everybody knows who he is. Whereas Dansby Swanson, you may have heard of him, but okay, this is his first All-Star game. Does he really deserve to get it this year over a guy who's been there every year? That's tough to say. So let's talk a little bit about outfield. So we obviously have Ron Cunha, who's already in. He was the top vote getter in the National League. But we have Mookie Betts, Jock Peterson, Starling Marte, and Adam Duvall. Who do you think is going to get the nod? So Mookie Betts, obviously, is he almost beat Acuna out for the top vote getter in the National League. Fantastic player, having a great year. Honestly, Acuna, the only reason he got that vote was because of name recognition. And the Braves fans love him, so he got the vote. He's not had a great year. He came in late, and since then he had a decent couple-week stretch. But other than that, it's so-so. Uh, Jock Peterson, probably uh, number two besides Mookie, probably in left field, Mookie in right. Or I don't have to put Acuna in center. But uh, Starling Marte has a chance. One thing that I don't know, I don't know how he got there, Adam Duvall. How, how in the world is he hitting like 211 right now? Yep. He's not having a great year. Has The RBI production from last year is not carrying over. The home run hitting is not carrying over. The doubles is not carrying He's not doing what he used to do. Now, he's getting a little hotter now. He's, get, he's getting a little better. He has some days off. And in fact, I just believe he just had a child, so he's having a paternity leave pretty soon. Adam Duvall making it to the All-Star game would be a tragedy. I, and I'm a Braves fan. And I love Doovie. Fantastic guy. Great player in his day, but... Right now, he does not deserve to make the All-Star game. I personally think Starling Marte deserves it over Jock Peterson. And Jock Peterson is batting 264 with San Francisco this year. Uh, he has 269 at bats, 34 runs, 57 hits, 41 RBIs. The, 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 the productivity that Starling Marte has had this year for the Mets, him and Brandon Nimmo, I can't believe Brandon Nimmo didn't get as many votes as he should have this year. I don't think he should be a, a, a Final Four candidate. But do I think Brandon Nimmo deserves the nod as a write-in for um, a reserve play- outfield player? Absolutely. But Starling Marte, I personally think, deserves a nod over John Peterson. I can understand what you're saying there. I think 
as a Braves fan, I'm a little swayed because Jacques Peterson, a big cock jock, has done a great job over in San Francisco. Like, he's had great home runs, huge moments. He had one game where he had, like, three home runs. Yep, like, against the Mets, too. Against the Mets. So, Jock Peterson's had a great year. I feel like he, the vote-getting and just the overall production for the Giants is going to help him. The main thing that I see is Sterling Marte has similar stats, but the Mets have won more games than the Giants. That may true. be one of the only That's reasons true. that Marte gets the nod. But the way with the voting going right now, Marte is, I think, three or four percentage points behind Jock Peterson. Yep. And let's talk about DH for a second. We've got Bryce Harper and William Contreras. What do you think? So, Bryce Harper obviously is going to win it. He is a fantastic player. He deserves to be there. However, injury. he's hurt. Yeah. So he won't even be able to play in the All-Star game. So then we look at a guy, William Contreras. He came in, I think last year was his first year. I think his first ever at-bat was a double in the right center field. And since then, he has abused right center field at Truist Park. He loves hitting it the other way. He can pull the ball in the stands. He can push the ball in the stands. He hits doubles, he hits home runs, he gets on base. I believe he's hitting 270 right now. Yep. He's going absolutely insane. And as a great catcher, too, he's getting in the mix with Travis Darno. And that's one thing that Travis Darno is missing out on in his all-star voting is he's not playing every day. William Contreras is getting almost half, if not a, maybe a little less, even a third, of the uh, pitches thrown because they're wanting to share that to make sure they're both healthy come playoff time. Honestly, I feel like we have two of the best catchers in the league. Contreras and Darno are both top ten. I really hope to see Wilson Contreras and William Contreras, who are brothers, Absolutely. both start in the All-Star game. What a great be, story that would be. That would be fantastic. And I've seen them play together and they play against each other, but that would be so fun to watch. Absolutely. Now let's move on to the American League. First base, obviously, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Ty France, what a year Ty France has been having. But, Vladdy, come on now. Vladdy's fantastic. And it's hard to argue against him. Vladdy, honestly, he probably should have won the uh, Rookie of the Year last year, mm. but he got so unlucky with Shohei Otani being that guy. Absolutely. I mean, Vladdy last year almost had MVP. the Vladdy almost last year had the triple crown. That is, that's right, and that's one thing he got so unlucky. At. He should have won the MVP. If it had been any other year, he would have won the MVP. But when you have somebody like Shohei Otani, mm. it's even if your stats are better than him hitting. The dude hit for like forty home runs. Yeah, and was pitching and pitched. 101 miles an hour with a, like a three ERA. That's insane. That's, you can't match that. Second base, we got Jose Altuve and Santiago Espinal. Personally, I mean, I don't like Jose Altuve, but mm, I think it can go either way. I, I think Santiago, Santiago Espinal has been having an insane year this year on a tear. Jose Altuve, same way. It can go either way. But I'm going to side with Santiago Espinal. What about you, Zach? This is a 50-50 vote for me, honestly. I, I, I go back and forth. They have similar stats. You'll have one person that has a higher average, but that person has higher home runs. I don't know what to say here. It's tough. I'm going to give the nod to Jose Altuve just because okay. of the name recognition. They're having a great year over in Houston. But Santiago Espinal, if he starts, I have no issues with that at all. He's been a great player. Agreed. Moving on to third base, though, we have Rafael Devers and Jose Ramirez. What do you think here? Jose Ramirez, 100%. Rafael Devers has been that guy on the Red Sox for years. But I think... Jose Ramirez has got it. I think you have a toss-up here as well. Jose Ramirez is a fantastic player. Rafael Devers, I feel like, is just long-term better. In fact, mm-hmm. I believe uh, yesterday, Devers hit two home runs against Garrett Cole, New York's ace. That's that's insanely hard to do. Absolutely. I, I feel like he's just one of those guys that is the name recognition, but also he's just a great player. He deserves to be there. Yeah. Let's so, look at shortstop. We got Tim Anderson, Bo Bichette. What do you think? So, this is where I really think that 
the NL is much stronger than the AL is when it comes to shortstop. Yeah, you got Tim it. Anderson, he's a good player. Boba Shep, good player. Like, I would love to have either one of those guys on my team, but I feel like Dansby Swanson and Trey Turner are both just, they're both great right now, where Tim Anderson and Boba Shep are just good. I guess I would give it to Tim Anderson. I would as well. I think he's he's had a great year over Boba Shep. It just it, it gets me upset sometimes because I see guys like I see the National League doing much better than the American League when it comes to shortstop, and it worries me. So let's talk about outfield. We got Aaron Judge already in. I mean, AL MVP probably. You got Mike Trout, Giancarlo Stanton, and George Springer, and Lord Goriel Jr. Giancarlo Stanton and George Springer, as of right now, are completely tied for votes. What do you think is going to happen? This is a tight one, honestly. Uh, I feel like Mike Trout's going to get in there at center field yeah. just because it's Mike Trout. It's Mike Trout. He's a generational type player. He's a great guy. He's going to get in there. And Giancarlo Stanton and George Springer, that's a tight vote. Yeah, it's it a tight tied, vote. And Lourdes Goriel Jr. is only a few votes behind them. So uh, it's, it'll, it'll come down to tonight, uh, how the votes came in before 2 o'clock today. Will we see Giancarlo Stanton? Will we see a two, uh, two, Yankee two, outfielders. two Yankee outfielders in the same All-Star game? I don't know. I think George Springer deserves the nod. I think he's had a better year than Giancarlo Stanton. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when people go and they vote, they see Aaron Judge, they see a name they recognize in Giancarlo Stanton, who hits home runs and who gains attention. But I just think that George Springer has had a better year. Let's go over to DH. We got Shohei Otani, Jordan Alvarez. We already talked a little bit about this earlier. I think Shohei Otani for pitching this year has been a much better player. For, for DH, I don't think so. I think Jordan Alvarez will run away with DH. The votes are pretty close right now, but I still think Jordan Alvarez is that guy, and he's going to get those votes. Jordan Alvarez, right now, I believe, is the most dependable and best hitter in the AL. I agree with that. As this stands right now. However, Shohei Otani is Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani. But that's the thing, though, and it's so hard. There almost has to be a flex position for each league, but there's not a, I, I agree there's not a player like Shohei Otani to compare him to in the National League. He needs a division to himself. He's going to get garner votes. He's always going to be in that top discussion. And I feel like Jordan Alvarez may be coming as a reserve. I agree with that as but well. But he deserves to be a starter. And that's the thing. Like, It's so tough to vote for these guys because do you take in Shohei Otani's pitching contributions or do you just give his hitting contributions? For DH, it should just be hitting, and Jordan Alvarez deserves it. Absolutely. Now let's look at catcher. we got Alejandro Kirk and Jose Trevino. I think – I mean, I think Alejandro Kirk's going to run away with it. Kirk. Kirk has just been that guy for the Blue Jays at he, catcher. He has the peak male form. <laughs> Kirk, he's just he's fantastic. Had a much better year than Trevino. Uh, I feel like right now the, the NL catcher race is a lot tighter than this race is. Kirk deserves it. He's going to run away with it. He's going to be your starter. Yeah. Let's take a look at some NL perfect trade destinations for contenders. You have the Cardinals, Mets, the Braves, you have the Brewers, the Dodgers, and the Padres. So let's talk a little bit about what each team needs to be that team, have one step over the other teams. So the Cardinals, we'll go a quick little rundown. They need pitching. Uh, I think that Frankie Montas of the Oakland A's, with a 326 ERA, he'd be a great addition to that, that uh, starting rotation. They need more starting pitching. Right now they only have Adam Wainwright and Mike Miles um, Moustakis. Both of those are great players and have been carrying their team but other than that, the three, four, five position spots for their rotation have been awful. They need more help mm-hmm. there, and I feel like Montas will help them a lot in a long postseason run. Well, I obviously have a lot to say about the Mets, coming from a Mets fan. The Mets need bullpen and a lefty power bat. I think with the Tigers looking to sell, I can see the Mets shipping away some prospects for uh, Tigers pitcher Alex Lang. 
The Mets have been abysmal in the DH and catcher positions. Up until last night, it seemed like we'd seen the last of James McCann and Dominic Smith's productivity. James McCann's projected end-of-the-year batting average sitting below 100. That's terrible. Dominic Smith even being sent down to AAA Syracuse a couple of days ago. Up until last night with McCann's RBI night, 5 RBI night, and a few hits from Dom over the past few days as well. But with the addition of Max Scherzer back in the squad, back-to-back -back Cy Young winner Jacob deGrom facing his second rehab start, also Tyler McGill is expected to return July 14th from his right shoulder tightness, the Mets pitching could be back to being the best in the majors as everyone expected at the beginning of the year. The Mets also have interest for uh, Orioles Trey Mancini or even Nelson Cruz, but I think although rumored, I don't personally believe Wilson Contreras would be on the trade block or even so the Mets willing to go after him when we have the number one prospect still in the minor leagues, Francisco Alvarez. What a year Alvarez has had in the minor leagues. I think he's going to be that guy in the major leagues as well. Um, I think Alvarez uh, possibly being a September call-up, um, his defense is not quite ready yet, as many of his coaches have stated, but his offense is absolutely there. And I, I, But I think the addition of a bullpen pitcher and a lefty or switch-hitting power bat, the already NL-leading Mets could be World Series bound. So, right now the Braves are one of the most complete teams in baseball. We have a great bullpen, great rotation, and great hitting. Uh, we see that Eddie Rosario is coming back. He hit a home run the other night, and he pointed right to his right eye, saying, I'm back. I can see again. And, <laughs> at the beginning of the year, he couldn't see. His right eye needed LASIK surgery. So he got the, the laser surgery. He's, he's back now. He's hitting home runs. He's doing a great job. Uh, the Braves have found inconsistent play, however, from Duval and Ozuna throughout the year. Uh, I'm hoping that their inclusion of Rosario would change that. Right now, we have center field locked up with Michael Harris. We have right field locked up with Ronald Acuna Jr., we need to see that Rosario Duvall and Azuna can hold down that that left field spot and hit. We need to see one guy just get, get out of the slump and start hitting again. We know what uh, Duvall can do. We know what Azuna can do. Uh, however, will we consider a trade to get rid of Azuna this offseason? Or is there just too much money tied up in him? Uh, a couple years ago, the Braves, going into 2020, wanted to get Azuna tied up for longer. Because we knew that it was so hard to get that much of a power bat in the uh, free agent market. But well, we gave him the money, and I think I feel like every Braves fan regrets that. We gave him the money, then the whole allegations came out about uh, him beating his girlfriend, wife, and I worry about that long term. But obviously, he's back and he's hitting decently, like 250, I think. But I don't see him doing that in big situations. Then we look at somebody like Will Smith. Uh, Will Smith has given every Braves fan a heart attack in the past two years, whether it's, <laughs> whatever game you watch, if he comes in, he's going to load the bases, and he's either going to get out of it or he's going to uh, lose the save. He's either Houdini or he's abysmal, but he's used all of his talents in last year's postseason. $13 million is tied up in his salary, and the Braves oh. will almost definitely let him go this offseason. He's been terrible this year. This year and last year, he was fantastic in the postseason. I put like he gave up like either one or zero one, or runs. Yeah, one or zero. He was absolutely crazily good in the postseason, but in a regular season... He was terrible. Like, I, I cannot get over it. We've lost many, many games because he came in the game. Uh, then you look at guys like uh, Strider, Freed, and Wright. Our top three are the closest to the big three we've had since the mid-90s. We're fantastic with those three. Those three guys giving us give us a chance to win every single game. It's very, very rare this year they've given us a bad outing. Uh, outside of them, Morton and Anderson, they're doing well. They're getting better. They're having more productive starts but I feel like they need to get on the same level, level as the other three to really mm -hmm. give us a good chance. Uh, you look at a guy like Matt Olson, he's feeling more comfortable now. Uh, producing war as Swanson is going insane in the month of June. And the Braves also have in AAA uh, Kyle Muller. He was named the International Player of the Month, 
with a sub-2 ERA and averaging over 9 strikeouts in a game in AAA. Uh, but he's had limited success in the majors. I think he needs a little more time to to get get ready for the majors. Of course, the Braves can always use bullpen help. Any team can. But uh, we need Morton Anderson to get back to their former selves, uh, even though they've had solid performances as of late. Uh, overall, for trades, I think a left-handed bat, a uh, power bench bat would be great to pair. Obviously, going to come back in mid-August, so he'll cover that uh, second base slot. But we need somebody to come in and be that Jorge Soler we have, the Jock Peterson, the guy that comes in in the middle of the year and just goes crazy for the second half of the year and really helps us and gives us a chance to win. So I think uh, the Brewers are also a contender. Uh, they're definitely needed an outfield and center fielder. Lorenzo Cain got DFA'd, uh, 565 OPS uh, at center field, ranked 27th in the majors. And I think the Brewers go after Anthony Santander, the Orioles. I mean, you look at the Brewers' depth chart, you got Christian Yelich, who's had a much, much better year this year than he has last year. You have Tyrone Taylor, who's on a seven-day injured list, and Hunter Renfro, uh, injured list, uh, 10 days. Um, but uh, you also have Andrew McCutcheon uh, back there. You have Jonathan Davis. But I think that the Brewers make a splash with a player like Anthony Santander or or just some pow- uh, outfield power bet. I think you look at like the Dodgers in the NL West. Uh, the only thing I can think of they, they would need is maybe starting pitching because of Walker Buehler's injury. Uh, everything needs a bullpen help. Uh, the name comes to mind. Nathan Eovaldi comes to mind uh, for what the Dodgers could use. It's hard to tell sometimes because I don't know how big how big of a splash they want to make and how much they want to bring in. It, it is the Dodgers, though. So they have almost unlimited money to spend. Uh, they're, they're willing to give away what they need to to win World Series while they can. I wouldn't say almost unlimited. The Dodgers are so much over that salary cap already. I don't think they're looking to make a big, big splash. But I feel like they do make some trades and acquire a player like Nathan Evaldi or maybe just like a solid three or four ERA bullpen pitcher. You don't really need to make that big of a splash because you're the Dodgers. The Dodgers have been that team this year. They've, they've been right up the Mets, uh, right right up the Mets pretty much. Um, the Dodgers have one more win than the Mets this year. I agree, yeah. I, I think so as well. And uh, The Mets are an leading team. The Dodgers are right there behind them. So I think the Dodgers don't need to make that much biggest splash. There's not really that many holes in the Dodgers lineup. Not, not, not that many holes in the Dodgers pitching or bullpen, but I think just adding that one more guy in the Dodgers bullpen will have them above the edge above other teams. And then you have the Padres. Um, I think the Padres are really in need of a good contact bet, and I think they look at Trey Mancini. I think they look at just some... Maybe maybe like a low 300, maybe 250, 260 uh, batter. Um, and when I look at that, I look at Trey Mancini. I mean, the Padres need that DH spot. I think um, you have um, Fernando Tatis Jr., who's still injured. Um, I think the Padres Machado are looking... Machado's injured. Machado's injured as well. I think the Padres are going to look to replace, get like a one-year rental to replace those guys. And maybe, I don't know how long Machado's going to be injured. I know uh, Tatis is not coming back for a little bit. But I think when you have those players coming back, the Padres are going to be a better overall team. They are. They're just in a tough division. Like over the, Oh, yeah. Honestly, the NL East and the NL West are both extremely tough divisions. Uh, if you look at from top to bottom, the uh, NL West, they got the Dodgers, the Giants, the Padres, and even the, uh, the Diamondbacks aren't doing that bad this year. That's, that's a tough division over there. So let's look at some of those greater teams in the league. Obviously, you have the Yankees. They just got their 60th win last night. Are they on pace to be the greatest team ever? So, both of us despise the Yankees with our entire oh, yeah. hearts. I can't stand them, but I have to give props where it's due. The Yankees are doing a great job this year. They have an, a fantastic, fantastic team. 
Um, they're currently at 58-23. Uh, do they break the 1906 Cubs record of 116 wins or the 2001 Mariners? Is that a question we can answer here? I don't. I don't think it's a question we can answer yet. I mean, we don't. We have, the All Star game hasn't even happened yet. I think it's a little bit too early. But the fact that they're they were fifty eight and twenty three, and then two days later they're at sixty wins. I mean, they're going to be that team. I, I think that the Yankees will have definitely above one hundred and ten wins for sure by the end of the year. But one hundred and seventeen, one hundred and eighteen wins. Uh, I think it's a little too early. I'll to be tell. honest. I put the over under for the Yankees at 110, and I'm going to under. Why do really? I say, why do I say that? Because I don't feel like this pace is, you cannot keep it up. Right now, you're, you're leaning on guys like Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, and you, you have some other great players on that team, but what are you going to do when the injuries start piling up like they, like they have in past years? Is pitching going to hold up for the rest of the year? Uh, is Garrett Cole going to be affected this entire year? I don't know. And that's one thing that the Yankees have to worry about is it, make sure that injuries don't start happening. As we get into the dog days of summer, as we get into the, the Julys and into the August, what will they do? How will they handle that adversity, and will they start losing games again? Do you think if Joey Gallo becomes that player he was with the Texas Rangers again? I mean, he's hitting terribly right now. I, I think he was probably two for his last, like, 23. Do you think if he returns back to his form like he was in the Texas Rangers, could the Yankees be that team to break the single-season uh, win record? Can they? Yes. However, I don't see him getting back to that level. I feel like he really enjoy being in Texas. I feel like the Rangers would love to have him back, but I don't feel like the Yankees are giving him they give him the opportunities, but he he's not being coached right. He's not something's not going on in, in New York, and some players just aren't made to play in New York. I feel like playing in Texas is a lot different than playing in New York City. It, there's just totally different cultures out there. So uh, I feel like the Yankees have a chance to get to that level, and they need. Everybody who's been playing well to keep playing well, and even Joey Gallo to get back right. But will they get to that point? I already doubt it. So speaking of the Yankees, let's look at their top rival for God knows how long, Boston Red Sox. Last night, Chris Sale outburst in AAA Worcester. It was pretty embarrassing. I mean, he was in there in AAA. He was just breaking TVs, breaking walls, breaking equipment. What do you think about that? So... If, if you haven't seen the video, look it up. It's hilarious. It is pretty I funny. I tail off for at least five minutes. He's just throwing stuff around, whiteboards and tablets, and he has the money to pay for it. It's all good. But it makes me wonder, if you look at what he said about the incident, he said that it was the fault of the cameraman for videoing it. <laughs> He's not sorry at all. He doesn't care. And why would he? If you're in a rehab star and you're used to being one of the premier pitchers in all of baseball in the world, and you cannot get through those innings in AAA, I'd be mad too. I'd be extremely frustrated because you know he's been trying hard to get back right and work hard with PT, all that kind of stuff. I I feel bad for him. I feel like this is one of those things that just most most times this happens, we don't see it. But with the rise of camera phones and him doing it right outside the, the um, dugout, he probably should have chose a better place. What do you think? So I sort of had to, yeah, sort of have to disagree with you. I think that Chris Hill's a great guy. He even owned up to it. He said, I was just being a child. It, w it wasn't me. You know, I sometimes get frustrated. My managers, he even said his managers tell him to take it to the dugout or take it to the clubhouse, which he did. I mean, you can see it from the video. But uh, he owned up to it. He said, I'm sorry to my teammates. I'm sorry to my manager. And he said he's going to make it right to him. He said he's going to give uh, AAA Worcester a surprise. We don't know what that surprise is yet. 
but it's probably going to be something along the lines of what Max Scherzer gave to his double uh, A teammates when he was down in double um, A Binghamton. He gave his, his teammates AirPods and a steak dinner, lobster. So I can see Chris Sale doing something nice for that for his uh, his teammates after that outburst. So uh, moving on a little bit, do you think that Shohei Otani will continue his level of success? I absolutely do. I think I talked about it earlier. Um, Shohei Otani, I think, is going to be one of the greatest players to ever play the game of baseball. Um, I think that uh, last year his DH, uh, his level of hitting last year was amazing. This year, been a little bit less, but being a pitcher and hitting that well, truly amazing. This year, his pitching has been so much better. Um, I think if you look at that ERA plus stat, I. Um, it's a little hard to understand, but his ERA plus that was plus 173 over what it was the year before, and that ranks him, I think the ERA plus average is plus 100, and he's at plus 173, which means he's, I think, like 173% better. I'm not really sure what that number that number means or what that stat translates to, but he's significantly better in pitching than compared to other average pitchers. That's that's pretty much what that stat means. And that's the thing, with him, he's, a, he's an extremely above, he's a good pitcher and a good hitter. The difference is, I love Shohei Otani. I think he's a great player. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great guy. See what he did when he's uh, giving his bat CPR in the dugout, <laughs> coming back and hitting great like the next yeah. game. That's so fun. That's so fun it to is, watch, and it gives it brings fans to watch the game. <laughs> it really does. The issue is, I love Otani, but I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of hearing about really everybody saying Otani this, Otani that. Oh, he, we we haven't seen this since 1902. No, we haven't seen this since. 15, like, I don't care anymore. I want to see good pitching and good hitting, and that's what he's doing. And that's all I care about is if he can continue that. He'll be a great player. I don't see him doing that, though. I see him at least one of the one of his attributes that has to fall in the coming years. He cannot throw 101 for the next 10 years. If he does, he'll be the greatest player of all time. I don't think he can continue that. He ought to really work, and he has great off-speed pitches. Will he continue to have those? How will his arm hold up? He's had injury issues in the past. Will that come back to haunt him? Uh, hitting is already. Will, will pitchers finally like figure out what he's doing? His home run totals are down, way down from last year. Mm-hmm. Have pitchers kind of kind of start to understand what gets to him? I don't know. I need to see a, a bigger sample size before I can make any kind of prediction on Shohei Otani. What I do know is he is great for the sport of baseball. I love seeing his face as the face of the league. Absolutely. And Zach, I think um, let's talk a little bit more about the All-Star Game. Uh, obviously, last year, the All-Star Game was removed from Atlanta because of some political issues. Um, do you think that the All-Star Game should go back to Atlanta in favor because of that? Or do you think that maybe Atlanta should host in the next couple of years when that uh, sort of policy changes? So, uh, in a letter sent to Major League Baseball Commissioner Robert Manfred, uh, Georgia House Speaker David Ralston demanded the game be played in Cobb County, meaning... People in Georgia are mad they lost the All-Star game. Oh, 100%. And there's a lot of political issues going around that, and it, it includes uh, the current governor race in Georgia, uh, gubernatorial race, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, I believe that for the city of Atlanta, they missed out big time to be able to show off their new stadium, their great facility over there, and the battery. Atlanta, is, it's just a great city. It's fantastic. It's historical. Mm-hmm. The All-Star game needs to be in Atlanta. As many Georgians felt, it was stolen last year for reasons that they're not real sure of. If you look at, and I don't want to get too political here, but they moved it from uh, Atlanta to the Rockies. To the, yeah. to, right, to, yeah. to Colorado, Colorado because of a bill on voting rights. Voting rights. Yeah. Well, if you look at the voting rights in Colorado, they're more, strict, they're more strict than they are in Georgia. Yeah. 
I don't understand this. I thought this is one more thing that Robert Manfred has screwed up on. Uh, if you look at our last podcast, neither one of us are a big fan of him. He's done one good thing his time as commissioner, and that's the legends uh, playing the All-Star game. I agree Other with that. Other than that, I don't see him doing much good for the sport. I don't like him. I don't. I think that that whole stunt was political, and he alienated a lot of fans. That you got to realize, baseball fans, we we don't want to see politics. That this is it's not NBA, NFL. Like sports does not need to be about politics. It needs to be about the sport itself. The Atlanta Braves players did not vote on that. The Atlanta Braves uh, team, stadium, fan, they didn't necessarily vote on that voting rights bill. That was a gov- government thing. Mm-hmm. That should not be. You should not punish the team and the fans for. Government action. So let's talk about some of those rule changes that's going to happen in the MLB. Um, obviously, you have the universal DH. Let's talk a little bit about banning the shift. Do you think the shift should still happen in today's game, or should they advance and make the shift banned, like they're planning on doing? So, uh, I want to hear your interpretation here. When you think about banning the shift, you have some players, you, like the Matt Olsons, the uh, Joey Gallows, they're going to benefit greatly from banning the shift. What do you think about it? I think the shift is just part of baseball. I think it's baseball is all about strategy. It's not just about putting the ball over the wall. It's about defense. It's about contact. It's about power. It's about pitching. And I think that defensive strategy of, of, of the shift is just part of baseball. I mean, you have those hitters that just consistently and consistently hit left, and you'll move um, third baseman, short, uh, second base shortstop to the left side of the infield to, I mean, making out i think that banning the shift is pretty stupid i think that you know if teams want to make a shift and it, the shift doesn't work out for them then that's their fault but if i mean if a player just hits left then just bunt right i think that the shift is just a part of baseball and i don't think it should be banned so the reason that they put out those players in the field when they first started playing baseball was because they wanted to spread them out enough to where wherever the hitter hit it to there'd be somebody around that area to catch the ball well, if the hitter kept hitting it to the left side, if anybody who's played baseball, if you play shortstop and all the hitter wants to do is pull the ball, you're going to move a little bit closer to the foul line. If you know that he likes to hit oppo, you're going to move a little bit over towards second base. Well, the shift is just that to a larger extent. Larger extent, yeah. It's just strategy. Right now, all the game is about is what the Rock sings about. It's about drive. It's about power. <laughs> that's all it is. And that's what they want. They think Rob, Rob Manfred and the MLB think that us as fans, we want to see more hits and more home runs. No, I like seeing strategy. I love to see mm-hmm. teams that just put the ball in play and hit it and bunt and run the bases well and play good defense with good pitching. And that's not what we're seeing anymore. We're seeing home run hitting. We're seeing strikeouts. And that's not what I like. I think that a lot of baseball fans like the traditional baseball. I think we need to have a good, need to have a good mix. The shift right now is exposing those hitters that all I can do is pull the ball. Since I was three years yeah. old, I was taught to hit the ball in the right center field. I'm a right-handed batter. Hit the ball in the right center field. Hit the ball oppo, oppo, oppo. Because that confuses the, the defense. They cannot jump on and guess what you're about to do because you can hit it anywhere. Right now, you have players like Matt Olson who he's done a great job this year of hitting it the other way, but he's going to benefit greatly from the shift being uh, banned. You see Joey Gallo. Like There's a lot of guys that, especially left-handed guys, that pull the baseball so much. Mm-hmm. When they ban the shift, they're going to have such good opportunities just to go in there and just hit the ball, pull the ball, and get a double almost every at-bat, and that's not fair. All right, Zach, well, I think that's it for this week's edition of the Full Count Podcast. 